Bills make me wanna Shout. kick your heels up Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois, Buffalo 2-0, opening the season with two straight wins on the road for the first time in franchise history. Both wins coming at MetLife Stadium. Today over the New York Jets, 28-14. I'm New Lars. New Giants, New York Giants. What did I say? You said the Jets. I said it, I, I thought it met Life Stadium, didn't I? Oh, no. no. That's anyway. The, that's the sound of the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton. Greetings. 2-0. and o, Let's go, Buffalo. It's going to be an intimate session here today. We're going to get some of our far-flung correspondents on the line. If you're joining us for the first time, feel free to subscribe on iTunes or however you found this podcast. You can also get it on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, pretty much anywhere. Just search Google it, uh, Bills and Beers, or Buffalo Bills Podcast. You'll find us. Interact with us on Twitter. Best way to stay in touch with the show. Cass, feel like uh, after we got past that first drive today, it wasn't nearly as upsetting or as stressful as last week's game. So let's, uh, let's do as we have for the last few hours and enjoy ourselves and get right into it. All right, Cass, as we said, the final score today, 28-14 to 14 in favor of our Buffalo Bills. 2-0 start. Got to feel good about that. We knew that we needed these first three games. We've got two of them so far. We'll get to the rest of that later. Feels good to get a win. Felt Feels good, great. Felt good for most of the game after that first drive, but it wasn't all pretty. Even even after that first drive, it wasn't all it wasn't all pretty. So before we get into all the good stuff from today's game, because let's not let's not shit all over a win. What was your Jenny Cremel bummer of today's contest? Well, besides how slow this podcast got started and as slow as the Bills got started today, um, I'm going to have to give my note for the listeners. It took us almost 40 minutes to set up the board. Yeah, <laughs> and then we got interrupted. Uh, no, I would say. Um, my Jenny Cremel is going to the offensive line in regards to false start penalties. False starts I mean, all a, day long. Across the board, I think everybody contributed their own failure on some sort of penalty or something. So offensive line. And, and on top of that, giving Josh Allen at some points very little time. Yeah. And he looked rushed. He had a stiff arm, multiple defensive linemen that were coming after him. The offensive line that looked pretty good last week, and I wouldn't say the, the Giants have a very good, strong defensive front. No. So we looked really, really bad on the offensive line across the board. I got a lot of things written down here in my bad column, but the one that I circled was the offensive line. The penalties, a big part of it. We ran the ball pretty effectively today, but, yeah, Josh Allen was under duress for most of the game. Give him some credit. He did very, very well. I will say, the other thing I had written down here, though, regarding to Allen, two bad misses today. One, the the deep ball to John Brown yeah. that John Brown could have moonwalked into the end zone. And then you were in the restroom when it happened, but there was a um, slant pass to Zay Jones that was at the, at the blitz, and he threw it behind Zay Jones. If he throws it and Zay Jones can catch it in stride, he's running for 30, 40 yards. If he breaks the tackle, he's going to the house. There was nobody between him and the end zone. It was a bad throw. And from deep, deep, and it was it was one of the many three and outs in the second half. I know we talked about three and outs last week. Um, so penalties, offensive line, Allen's misses. A little disappointed again today. No real turnovers. Yeah. We got the pick on the batted ball, and then Jordan Poyer made the diving center field catch there at the end of the game. 
So we'll get two on the stat sheet, just like we got one last week on the garbage lateral play. But not momentum swing. No, no impact plays again from the defense. And now this is carrying over from last year. We harped on it at the end of last season, and, and here we are in a day where, you know, especially in the second half, to get things going again, we really could have used a big play from the defense. There just was none to be had. I am, however, going to give it to the folks at the bar whom we have who we have mentioned on this podcast before. Um, the guys at the bar, two things today. A lot of shouts on. Cool, great, thank you, got it. We're still doing it now, m- almost an hour after the game was over. I appreciate the enthusiasm, love the love for the Bills, but, uh, you know, too much of a good thing. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. But more so to the point, clapping in rhythm to the shout song is not nearly as difficult as you boners make it seem. Well, but here's the thing. Your your son was here today, and he, I feel like, at his young age, like, understands clap when you everybody's saw clapping, I mean, right? he knows when it's his turn to shout, let's go, yes, Buffalo. Yes. He was singing along, clapping his hands. These guys, two years in a row, they sit at the corner of the bar, love them to death. Most of them listen to this show. So take, the, take this note and do with it what you will. But guys, you get the entire bar off rhythm. <laughs> There's hundreds of people in here clapping too fast for the Bills' shout song, which, again, not hard. It's not like going to like some syncopated 7-4 time. I think they're just so excited, so they just clap faster. I get it, but, like, and then I feel like, is it, am I am I the dummy? Am I the one? No, it's that. It, they're the eight rhythmic ones playing the rest of us for fools. So, Cass, that'll, that'll take us now into some of the brighter spots from today's game. It was a win. 2-0, baby. 2-0. We have said we need these first three games. We've got the first two. Next week is the home opener against the 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals. That looked hapless today. Who got shellacked at home by the San Francisco 49ers weren't much to write home about. I feel like the Bengals might run hot and cold, so we'll we'll get to that later. So I, I actually don't know what to expect from that game. But let's talk about some of the nice things hey. from today's victory. 28 to 14. Spent most of the game at 21 to 7. I got a bunch of things written down here. It's just you and me I today. Know. I'm baby. gonna take two then. Go for it. I'm what gonna, you got? I'm gonna take actually I'm gonna take three, right? On all sides of the ball, right? Good, because I got six written okay, down. Okay, there you go. So first off, we'll start on special teams. I know Bahorquez, Corey Bahorquez, at the start of the year, everyone's like, what are we doing? We don't have a punter, blah 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 blah. I think he played a hell of a game today. He had some great punts. The, uh, the long bomb, yeah. he, he, out, he outpunted the coverage. Maybe, or maybe they just bad coverage, not sure. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he was very consistent. He was targeting the ball, putting it to places where it needed to go. Um, and he had, he had a few, you know, we had a few three and outs in a row. So right. we, we came. We needed it. We needed it. And he, he helped us at the field position. So Great point. Corey Bacorquez, thank you. Nice to see you in, the, in a Bills uniform again this year. Still got six on my list. All right. So uh, there's my special teams. I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball and go to Devin Singletary. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Tough to ignore Devin it, Singletary. It is hard. He, you know, I, I'm a shady fan and I, you know, sad to see him go. But holy hell, is Devin Singletary good? Yeah, I mean, he's real good. He, you just give him the ball and he finds an opening. He finds a lane, and he, uh, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. And I know that I watched um from what, twenty-five yards in. He is 
money. I mean, he, he had the 14-yard scamper for a touchdown today and almost had another one after that. Oh, yeah. And, and after the first touchdown, I leaned to you and said, you know, this dude had like 60 touchdowns in college. All he does is find the end zone. Well, the, the best part is that there was one play where they handed off to Gore, and Gore made it around the side and had like a 12, 15-yard rush. And I looked at you, and I was like, I think Singletary would have taken that to the house. Like, yeah, what are we agreed? I think, I think it was on the swing pass. Yeah, actually. the swing pass. We, we yeah. were excited about it, then we are like, oh, shit, it's Gore. <laughs> it's Gore. So, I mean, Devin Singletary, and, and to that fact, Gore, right? Okay. He, he had yeah. – they're a very nice one-two combination. They kind of run similarly, but I feel like they bring something different. What, I'm, what I am nervous about with Devin Singletary is last week on uh, the All-21s, I saw at a point where he should have followed his lead blocker into a hole. He didn't follow his lead blocker. Granted, he broke to the outside – and, uh, and, and picked up a first down 10, 15 yards. I, I, I'm, just, I'm very nervous of if that's going to be something where he's just as reckless, right? And I, I think that that's a – I think you caught a rare miss for him. I think that's one of the things he does very well is follow how the blocks are set up for him. And, and we can see those on those outside runs. And yeah. There was an outside run to Gore today that we both noticed that there was a little something to slip through in the crease that Gore didn't hit, but I think we both felt confident that Singletary would have. Would have, yes. So I also feel like the Singletary-Gore combo and the way that they complement each other, just the way you mentioned, is what McDermott has been looking for since they arrived yep. with Shady playing the Singletary role to, a, to an okay degree, but then the likes of Ivory, and then who was the fullback, uh, Tolbert. Tolbert, you know, Tolbert, you know, 2017, being that kind of like head down four yards in a cloud of dust back. And, and if that's all they really need out of Frank Gore, I, I it always felt to me when they signed him that this is the running back that they have wanted on first and second down this entire time. But what, as comparison to Tolbert, Frank Gore is, is more than that, right? He can kind of play both sides. He can put his head down, plow through, and get four to five oh, yards. Frank Gore is a future Hall of Famer. But, like, he also is quick around the corner. Yeah, fr so, I, mean, I mean, Frank Gore is, the, like, unless you can find somebody next year in the draft who is a one-cut, put-your-head-down-and-go, you can't do much better no. than Frank Gore if, if, that's, if, if that's the profile running back you yeah, want. Yeah, I'm with you. And another thing, have you looked at Frank Gore? That man does, I mean, he's older. Yeah, he's older he than you looks, and me. He does not have a wrinkle. That man. Don't crack, baby. Yeah, I know. He looks great. Everybody out there, go on Instagram, look at some of the pictures of Frank Gore. I'm just like, holy hell, he looks youthful. Two down, youthful. one to go. Two down, one to go. Uh, and I'm going to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. And something that we noticed last week that continued to be a trend this week, and that is our ability at the defensive line to bat down balls. Yes. And what I love about that is because it's these, so disruptive. These players, what it seems like is the game has slowed down for them. Where they are doing their job, they're getting the pressure, but what they do is they see and anticipate the quarterback dropping back, getting the ball up, and then they get in his way. They throw their arms up, they bat down balls, and you know what? It's not just one player. I think almost I know uh Harrison Phillips had a bat down today. Trent Murphy had a bat down. Um, Jordan Phillips had it. Like, and even the passes when Eli was able to make completions, there were two or three times where literally a yeah. player's hand is like mere centimeters from another being able to like get in the way and bat down the ball. So 
I, I think it's great. I love it because, like I said, I feel like the defense is just seeing everything. And then wherever they need to be to make an impact on the play, if they're not getting to the quarterback, what can they do? They can put their hands up and they can get in front of the ball. Well, you've got two of my four. So while I go through these others, I see you got the stats open in front of you. So comb through them and try to find some other eye poppers, some things that we are, we're not touching on as we get through this here. A couple, we'll couple of shout-outs before we get into the, the, the prime time. Uh, Labat Blue here. Shaq Lawson again for two weeks in a row. I think this guy's making a good case. They they mentioned it this morning on the pregame show, and I like the way that they framed it up. He's not he's not like a premier pass rusher, and the Bills need a premier pass rusher. But he's doing just enough to convince another team that he could be their premier pass rusher. True. I mean. Go he's going to demand some money, and I don't think yeah. in Buffalo he's going to be worth it. But I somewhere agree, else, but he's, he's now put together eight very solid quarters of football, um, and he has not lived up to his first-round billing, but he has been a hardworking and uh, loyal player for this team and like the season he's putting together so far. Another player to mention here, uh, Dawson Knox, the rookie. He yeah. had a bad drop, but he also had a great catch. And he uh, w- he single-handedly wheelbarrowed his blocker into the end zone on the Devin Singletary run. So this guy has been billed as the pass-catching tight end, the slippery dude. But he got out and he and he and he he, he that was I amazing. Know, I, I mean, he, I mean, he looked, pushed his guy back ten yards. Yeah, I mean, all, all Devin Singletary had to do was follow him into the end zone, yeah. and it was it, he was he, he was in cleanly. Uh, the guy I have here circled though, two weeks in a row, John Brown. You know, we when we signed him, it, it was it was easy to, and it is funny watching them break the huddle every once in a while because you see Josh Allen come out and he's like looming over Beasley <laughs> and Brown and Singletary and all these tiny guys out there, and it's easy to think of these tiny speedsters as as specialty gadget players, but you know, again, we we mentioned the miss to John Brown in the first half that was very unfortunate, and want to see them connect on one of those pretty soon. You know, for a guy who's billed with the arm strength, Josh Allen has not connected on a deep ball yet this year. Uh, so hopefully we turn that around because that's that's when this defense gets dangerous. Is when when or the offense gets dangerous is when the defenses have to defend 40 yards down the field on every play. And what John Brown is giving us is hands. Him and Cole Beasley. Oh, reliable. They are so reliable, and we've not we have not had that in years in Buffalo. Where, not since Stevie and Fitz. Right? Like actually, no, not since Orton and Sammy. Yeah. And that's, you know, Kyle Orton and, and like when, I mean, Sammy's when, amazing. When Kyle Orton needed to be out of a jam, he just, yeah, Sammy is amazing, by the way. Yeah. Everybody was, like, shocked at his performance last week in Kansas City. Not me. That's why I started him in fantasy. I know he was off for a little bit there with some injuries, but it was plain to see to us Bills fans, who, granted, don't have a lot to compare it to, he's a hell of a football player. Yeah. That dude catches everything. He's fast as hell, gets himself open. Anyways, John Brown, not quite Sammy Watkins. He doesn't need to be, though. He doesn't need he's to be. He's doing exactly. He's getting open. And in big plays, too. Third and long. Third a and lot lo- today. Yep. And the same thing with Beasley. Like, just being able to have two veterans that – on third down, and I said this, we we are at third and one, and then, of course, there was an offensive false start or something, and I looked at you and I was like, great. I'd rather third and six than third and one. Yeah, give us some space. Give us some space, and look to Beasley. Look to Brown. Like, these guys are open, and they're going to catch the ball. And you know what that also says? Josh Allen doesn't have an accuracy issue. Again, I, two bad misses today, but he's he's well over 60% already for the season. His, I think he's close to 65. It, I mean, veteran Eli Manning had more misses today than 
than I think Josh Allen did. And Eli Manning, though, to his credit, is throwing too much of ketchup bottles out there. I mean, it's not much, not much happening in the, the New York Giants receiving court. Any other stats jump out to you? Um, no. I mean, overall, I think what's amazing is the number of receivers that got targeted or got hit. I mean, we, Demarco, again, he you know rolled out to the side. We hit him. Lee Smith had a big catch. Um, Zay Jones, you know, targeted, not very good. I, I, honestly, I think Jeff Day is right. Zay Jones is going to be off this roster by the end I of the didn't, year. They did, we didn't get a replay of the, the drop in the end zone, but it seemed like a ball he should have caught. And I, I'm – can we get Duke Williams? I'll, I would love to see some Duke Williams. Wow. Zay, Zay you've, you've, we've given you your chances. I am – cutthroat over here yeah you sure yeah this coming from the oh what have you done for me lately why would we get rid of shady mccoy all right okay okay well fun game after you know once once the dust settled on those two opening drives both for us and them we went three and out to follow up the the seven play just onslaught that we experienced to start the game then i promptly kicked my wife and son out of the bar yeah and, and and the thing is is those three and outs against a better team are going to really come back to hurt us because we let them stay in the game. Like, they, we should have closed was, that game out. It should have been three or four scores. I agreed. It was, though, penalties. It wasn't play calling. It wasn't poor execution. I mean, obviously, a penalty is, is in some measure bad execution. And some of the penalties were bad calls, too, lest we forget. But it was penalties. It was, it was starting behind the, the sticks, getting a hold call, getting pushed back. And at that point in the game, you know, it's third and 20. Josh Allen was satisfied to throw an 8, 12-yard pass to Cole Beasley and just take the punt because, why? I mean, we were still up by two scores. Yeah, so it was just it just made for a boring, plodding, not much to see third quarter. Oh, third quarter is abysmal. But we got one more game where we can, we can put it together, like make some of our mistakes, and then that fourth game of the season, we better be – ready to play oh well let's not even go there let's get through next week first but in the meantime hey let's get uh let's get some of our correspondence online until then well that sound means it's time for tacos calientes it's tacos calientes i can't do that part arriba i want some taquitos as we all know Tacos Calientes is Tex-Mex for hot takes, and here with his Tacos Calientes is Jam and Jeff Day down in Austin, Texas. Jeff, how are we living today, buddy? I'll tell you what, guys, 28-14. Not bad. We no. beat the team that we should have beat, right? And we beat them by two scores. That's right. On the road. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. What, what do you got for Tacos Calientes today? Um, I mean, first of all, you know, just, just overall feeling of the game was... You know, was a feeling that we, we rarely get it as Bills fans, which is, you know, we're up by three scores going into half. Um, and, you know, it felt like a game that, that, you know, after the first drive, a little bit nerve-wracking, I think, for all of us in Bills Nation. Yeah. Um, you know, after the first drive, it felt like we settled in. Um, you know, Lars, I think you said after we were up 14-7, we can finally exhale a little bit. Right. And, you know, it felt like we were the better team throughout most of the contest. Maybe we took the, uh, the, the pedal off the gas a little bit in the second half. I'm not sure. Um, but overall, it felt like a game that we were, for the most part, in control of. And a game that we should have won, which we did, which was, you know, which was nice. Didn't it kind of feel that way last week, though, too? I mean, didn't, didn't we feel that, like, I mean. No, I mean, I remember being down 
14 nothing going into halftime or 14-3, whatever it was. But I mean, we, I mean, I, I feel like we, one of the things we talked about last week, we never felt, we never felt out of it. Correct. We, and yes. we felt like we are winning this game. Sam Darnold couldn't do shit. We were moving the ball however yeah. we wanted to. We just kept turning it over. It, it didn't. Yeah. Feel, it wasn't one of those games where we felt like suffocated, where like nothing we do is working. We can't move the ball on offense. We can't stop them on defense. Like it, yeah, it's I, been two weeks of that. Now. When we when we had our three and outs here at the bar, we were all like kind of like ah, you know, but we weren't like you know biting our nails like crap. We're we're letting them into the game. I mean, I would like to just close them out, um, and another team will come back and really punish us for that. But yeah, this game we were we put our feet up. Yeah. What else you got, Jeff? No, I thought there was a there was a few there was a few plays slash players in particular that I thought worthy of calling out today that I thought we might discuss that won't make the statue. Yeah. So the the first of those was on Devin Singletary's touchdown run, uh-huh. which you know again, what more is there to say about this kid? But um, but the guy that I wanted to talk about was Dawson Knox. Yeah, go ahead and talk about him because um, we already have. Go ahead and say it again. Who had, oh, that's great to hear. I mean, you know, because a- as usual on the Bills pod, we're seeing eye to eye, which is, you know, that play was set up in large part because Dawson Knox had an outstanding block on the defensive back for about 15 yards downfield. Yep. And those are the plays that never make the stat sheet. You know, they don't make the highlight reel. But those are the plays that make a team. Those are the plays that make a team win. We got a rookie out there um, who was, you know, we drafted for his well-roundedness as a tight end, and I think we saw it on full display on that play. 100%. Yeah, and as I, as I said when we mentioned it earlier, yeah, drafted as an all-around guy. Also also drafted being like, oh, this guy's got a lot of athletic potential. He's going to be a pass catcher. So to see him drive a guy back into the end zone like that, knowing that, what we were banking on him being was was more of the pass catcher. It felt good. And, and McDermott likes a blocking tight end. Enter I Lee mean, Smith. Lee, yeah, Lee Smith is on our team just solely to do that and to get in fights. Lee Smith with a great catch today, by the way. We just sure. talked about. I, don't know if I mean, we love ourselves some Lee Smith on this pod. Oh, always. We have. love ourselves some Lee Smith. We always have. Like what? And I was I was I was very glad to see Kathy. I think you'll appreciate this. We were glad to see Lee Smith get back into his ways, which yes. was to uh, get into a scrappy, you know, joust after the play. We love that. I, I love it how there's always a skirmish, and like I don't even need to look at the like the screen. I can be like, I bet you number eighty-five yeah. is has a presence <laughs> out there. We just assume it's Lee Smith, who, by the way, had one hell of a catch with those big misses today. Yeah. Like that. Hey, so what else you got, for um, us, Jeff? The second play slash player that I want to mention, which. We don't normally like unnecessary roughness on this pod. We don't like it. It's usually a stupid play, but I will say, in the case of Cody Ford today, I liked that unnecessary roughness. I like the fact that he came and backed up Josh Allen, and not only that, I like the fact that even after he got the flag thrown on him, he was still out there laying a little flag down, and I like that. It was the right time to have a penalty like that. You know, we were already turning the ball over, and... We don't like to see those plays, but in general, I thought that was a great indicator of the type of guy he is, the type of teammate that he is. You know, he's out there to have Josh Allen's back. What do you guys think of that play? Agreed, and they have talked about that um, as it pertains to Cody Ford, that he's got that mean streak in him. I, I, I don't know. I have had a funny feeling about Cody Ford, though, as a player for a while now. I, I didn't feel great about a tackle in the second round. Maybe it's because we're a little burned from the last time we tried that with Cyrus Quanjo, but 
he can't really find a home at right tackle, can't really find a home at right guard, and all indications are right now that our best right guard is Feliciano and our best right tackle is Nseke. And Cody That's Ford's right. on the outside looking in, and he had a couple, he had at least one dumb penalty after that. I think it was a false start or something like that. Later in the game, I mean, they all had false starts today, but I, I like the play, Jeff. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a bad call. I, I thought that it was a completely yeah. unnecessary call against him. But I, uh, in the spirit of what you're saying, I love that he ran over and had our quarterbacks back. And, but and I totally agree with you know part of the overarching point you're saying, which is. You know, we're not yet sure where Cody Ford's going to land in this lineup. He, you know, sort of rotates in the starting lineup. The nice thing is that we have the depth to be able to support that. That's a great point. Um, you know, and I think that, hey, it's okay that our second-round rookie right tackle slash front guard is not coming out lighting the world on fire, you know, maybe like an Ed Oliver or a Devin Singletary are. You know, that's okay. That's okay, and I think you know credit to the uh, credit to the uh, the higher reps to getting the defensive line central depending on him uh, down in down out, etc. And and what I so what I do like about that though to add on is he's a rookie, right? He needs he needs a, a chance to learn and grow, and he's got some veterans there to help him. So you know responsibility goes on to him. You've been given the opportunity. You've got a lot of like veteran presence there. Take it, learn from it, and grow. So and, we'll see how he does. And people speak highly of him. I have yet to see it. And I'll actually, yeah. here, let, let me have a little tacos calientes because I mentioned it during the game. I would say the same is to, true of Tredavis White. He is, people have signed off on him being a lockdown corner, and he does a really good job of making quarterbacks think twice about throwing his way. But when quarterbacks are back up against the wall and they do throw his way, nine times out of ten, it, it, it gets caught. And we saw this last year against Matthew Stafford. And for a little bit there today, every time Eli called up the number of the guy that Tredavis White was guarding, it was it was good for seven to fifteen yards. I will say this though, I was I was uh, I was saddened for the Bills on that last garbage time garbage time possession because minus the forty eight yards that Eli had Eli Manning had on the garbage time possession with one minute to go, the Bills were on their way to their 10th consecutive game of allowing 225 yards or less in the air. I mean, Eli had 202 yards up to that point. He got 48 garbage time yards, ended up with 250. But again, 10, almost 10 consecutive games of 225 or less, 10 consecutive games of 250 or less in the air. I mean, overall, I understand the point you're making on, on White, but overall, a hell of a job by the secondary, continuing not to let plays over the top. And that's fine. Hey, um, I'm not trying to shit all over the point here. It's a cool stat. But let's close our eyes and remember where this team was at 10 games ago. We did not have an offense that could run the ball to the opposite side of the street, let alone score true. points. So teams have not had to pass against us. Today was one of the first times where we've been playing with a lead, and yeah, now the streak's been broken. So I, I sort of take totally that. Fair point. I take that stat with a grain of salt. Um, and I, I'm still not – I love Tredavis White. I love, I love the person he is, and I think that by and large, he's a great player, especially having been drafted where we got him at 27. But I'm not I'm, – I, just like Cody Ford, everybody thinks he's great and everybody's signing off on him. I've yet to see Tredavis White make the impact play that, that lives up to the billing that he receives. That's all. Yeah, totally fair, and I think we're still we're still waiting on Trey White to make more of those impact plays that you mentioned. And 
when I was saying, speaking of impact plays, the third player slash play that I want to mention, who through two games, you know, one of the MVPs of this team is Jordan Poyer. Okay, love it. And, and you know, that interception, by the way, at the end of the game to seal the game, I mean, that's a hell of a catch. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he, he was in today all over the field, responsible for helping shut down Evan Engram, um, their, their tight end, helping shut down. On Saquon Barkley, who, by the way, after the first drive, had 65 yards for the rest of the game. Yep. Um, and, you know, what more can you say about the guy? I mean, he's a key cog in this defense. Um, you know, and I thought Jordan Porter for the second week in a row, you guys mentioned him briefly on the first pod, you know, for the second week in a row now, has been a key member of this defense, and I just wanted to give him a little credit as well. That's nice. We don't talk about him nearly enough, and he is a key cog. And we got him for a song. Yeah, and, and I mean, go to What his- did we get him for? Wait, I, he was a free agent. We just signed him with like a five-year deal. He was a free agent out of Cleveland. Right? Nobody wanted him. He was a guy below the radar. He's totally had a, a, a complete resurrection of his career in Buffalo. It, I mean, talk about value, right? Talk about like yes. when you think about players, where you draft them, or what you have to trade to go get them with Jordan Poyer. I mean, come on, right? I, I think there's two, two other things to talk about there, right? So Jordan Poyer, also his counterpart in Micah Hyde, right? The two of them are – just a really great combination and then the other thing is there his ability to make tackles actually at the line of scrimmage so when we blitz or when he's he's up there he's either getting to the quarterback or making a hit and a tackle on a running back and he is usually well undersized there can't be overlooked jeff what were you drinking down there the last thing here's the last thing i'll say yeah the last thing i'll say is I'm so happy for uh, local Buffalo Bills natives and fans who now get to welcome the Bills to their home opener on the heels of a 2-0 record against the Cincinnati Bengals with what is hopefully a beautiful fall afternoon in Orchard Park, New York. I mean, I just want to say a little shout-out to the local Bills fans who what more could you ask for as a local fan going into the home opener? I got chills, man. That place is going to be on fire. Electric. Yes. It certainly is. Now, I was drinking uh, the the Bills Bar down in Texas. Uh, had their full stock of Lookout Blues. Um, so I was drinking buckets of those throughout the game. Uh, keeping it true, keeping it honest. We had a uh, we took our halftime Austin Bills backers photo, Ooh. which I'll be sending you guys. Yeah, I. So you know the Bills crew down there is. Uh, I would say it, I think in large part because the team is performing a little bit better, and it's been exciting to watch it. The, the, the bar has been exciting and active, you know. And I still have so many good memories of the Bills bar in Chicago, and so you know the Austin Bills bar we're getting there. Um, but, you know, just a fun time this afternoon supporting our team. And, hey, guys, we're off to a 2-0 start with the Cincinnati Bengals coming up. Uh, this is what we hoped for. This is what we wanted. Hopefully Devin Singletary is healthy. I don't. Have you guys heard anything about that? No, I haven't heard much. It looked like it was a hamstring. He got it rubbed out. But, like, those can linger. He's a young guy. Hopefully he bounces back. Who knows? Got it rubbed okay. out. Heck- Heck of a game, guys. Heck of a game. Heck of a game. Well, Jeff, until then, you know, like I said, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a madhouse at New Era next weekend. Can't wait for it. We needed these first two, like you said. Got to get this next one. Can't wait. Can't wait, guys. Heck of a game. Good talking to you as always. And until next time. Go Bills. Go Bills, baby.
All right, now joining us directly from the Big Apple, New York City, or thereabouts, is a dear friend of mine, Andy Madison. Uh, Andy's a huge New York Giants fan, and he and I met in the summer of 99. Oh, the song's about the summer of 99. Exactly. (laughs) Way, way back. And I will tell you, um, Andy and I are both like really cool people, but we met at journalism camp in Columbia at Columbia University. That's okay. I've been to student council camp several times. Okay. So, you know, (laughs) feel free to feel free to call us geeks, dorks, whatever. But we had a great time. Um, Anyways, Andy, I, you know, being a Giants fan, we do appreciate you guys for taking two Super Bowls from the Patriots. But uh, <laughs> yes, what, what's your perspective on the game today? You guys, you guys um, are in for a long season. First of all, you're you're right. We're in for a long season. But first and foremost, I got to give credit to the Bills. I mean, you, the Bills played a great game from start to finish. How about Josh Allen uh, in the first half? I mean, just marching the Bills just up and down the field. Also, what? who made the schedule? The Bills play their first two games at MetLife Stadium, their home opener isn't until week three. That's like, I can't, I can't believe they have that. But, I mean, Road Warriors for the Bills starting off 2-0. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it, it was rough. We, and we're going, we're going, oh, there's some more. I told you, I told you, it's too a, much. Too much of a good thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are but, the, we are the only uh, team from New York State I've been so. the Kings of New York as of now. So I got to ask Andy, you know, you guys are coming out of the Eli era, which for Giants fans is, is has got you two Super Bowls, but it's also yeah, gotten you a true. lot of heartache and a lot of headache. Yeah. And there's been a lot of fumbling, fumbling football with Eli Manning and yeah, yeah. Helm, in addition to two Super Bowls, which, you know, to a lot of fans, I think would offset some, some of the lower moments. Are you among the Giants fans that are ready to turn the page and see what you got in the kid? Uh, yes. Um, it, the time has come. It's just, it, it's, it's tough. This is a weird season. This is going to be a weird season already because the Giants are, promo- are marketing Daniel Jones like he's the future. Like, like Eli Manning used to do a weekly interview on Monday every week on WFAN, the Giants' flagship station. He's not doing that this year. So you just you get the feeling that he is kind of sh- shifting off into the background, and this first month I feel like it's going to be Eli's swan song, and then once the season kind of it's clear that the season is going south, it is it is time to then move on to to Daniel Jones. I don't know what to think of Daniel Jones. I don't watch a lot of college football, and I never I don't know. I, I mean I really don't even have like a favorite college football team other than Syracuse. But I've never really seen, I've never seen anybody, any college quarterback, and thought to myself, like, they're going to make it in the NFL. Like, they're a can't-miss talent. So I'm really just relying on, you know, I don't know, stuff that I've read and just waiting to see how he, how he does. I'm really kind of going off of what happened with Eli Manning in his career when he first got to the Giants, you know, and they brought him in his first season. He kind of played the second half of the season when the season was over and they were out of the, the playoff race. Well, wait, and then in his... How, how old yeah. are you? Sorry, how old are you? I am thir- I'm 37 years old. Okay, so... so I actually started... But you may remember, I mean, I, Eli was like the number one pick coming out of college. I mean, he was 
he was an incredible prospect, and he was in that class with with Rivers okay. and with Roth. Yeah, with Rivers and with Roethlisberger. Yeah, and with yeah. J.P. Lossman. That's who the Bills took. Um, but the oh, good old J.P. Lossman. <laughs> yeah, but I, I bring that up yeah. to say, like, I it's I think it's hard to compare where you guys were with Eli as a rookie, especially knowing the pedigree, the, the Manning yeah. pedigree, of course. Um, and I think it's just hard to make that comparison in general today. And, you know, all, look at all the teams that passed up on Patrick Mahomes only two years ago. Including I mean, yeah, the Bills. That's, the Bills, yeah, the Bills are one of them. I, you know, I think it's impossible to predict where these where these prospects are going to come from because there haven't been any sure things. I mean, Andrew Luck, yeah. outside of that 2004 class, there really mm-hmm. hasn't been guys who have been drummed up and then had success. So I don't know. I, I think that you guys might have something there. The only, the only knock that I've heard on Jones that – Maybe a tough one for you guys to overcome. There have been some questions about his arm strength, but you never know until you get the guy in the bullets to fly and see how it really goes. I think I think that's absolutely true, and I think it's people make too much. I don't know about you guys. I don't I don't take any stock in what happens in the preseason, and a lot of people were hyping up Daniel Jones for completing passes and running the option and all this stuff. And it's like you 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 never know until the kid gets in, and it's always very like reactive in the NFL. I mean, RG3 with Washington had an amazing rookie season. You know, Jared Goff. He was co-rookie of the year with with Luck. Yeah. Yeah. And and Carson Wentz and Jared Goff struggled in their rookie seasons. And that was the second or third year where they kind of made that leap. So you never really know. But with Eli Manning, you really, I mean, even today when there was still like, I don't know, like five minutes left and they were down two scores. It was like you, you're you kidding yourself if you're thinking like, okay, here comes Eli. Don't let Eli have the ball with two minutes left down one score. Well, that Eli is gone. I mean, right. this is clearly a different Eli Manning. He's at the tail end of his career. And with the loss today, he is now 500 for his career. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't so, realize that. Yeah. Well, and also. I know. Yeah, See, that's, that's what, like a big stat. What's this, I mean, you got Saquon Barkley, which is a nice, a nice little safety yeah. blanket for a quarterback to have. But what's he throwing to it out is, there? Yeah. I mean, Daniel Jones, I mean, you bring him in with that receiving core that's just decimated. I don't know. It might be tough. So you went to journalism camp with Cassie and are now, are yes, now a I radio did. guy. If I, if I, so yeah, you, and Cassie and Cassie brought me to a Bills game. I've been to Ralph Wilson, Wilson Stadium with the Ozark gang. Um, it, was, it was a while ago, I want yeah. to say. I don't know if that was like... Ozark that game was like, So Yeah, I, I, and you, so you, I've been... Uh, were you working yeah. today? No, I was not working today. I was were, off were you today. Drink, were you drinking anything um, today? <laughs> well, well, I do have my traditional. We got some pumpkin beer now that it's mid-September. Oh no! And so, uh, yeah. So I like to have a traditional. Um, I have a I have a touchdown beer when the Giants finally score a touchdown. So we had one in the first quarter. That was exciting. Yeah, and then right away of, you, you had know, one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, just like last week against Dallas, they scored on their first drive, and then. The offense struggled. Yeah, and then nothing. So, and I really, and I've got to give the Bills credit because, I mean, the Bills just played great. Like, the Bills play defense. And that's the thing that hurts about watching the Giants is that no matter where the Giants, what the Giants are like, whether they're good or bad, they've always had a solid defense. And their defense this year is terrible. They have no playmakers, no pass rush. And um, Josh Allen just was doing what the Bills offense was just doing what they wanted. In the first half, opening the playbook, those trick plays um, were, were were great. I got I got to hand it to the uh, Bills play calling. Uh, 
Well, so. I, I got I to gotta tell you, it was a pleasure playing against your team. It was an even bigger pleasure getting to speak with you, Andy. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Of course, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And, and this is a great podcast, by the way. You guys, I mean, and you've been doing this for a while now. This is like a dream of a lot of like football fans to have like a fan-driven podcast, get the raw reaction after the game. This is awesome. You guys keep it up. Keep you it got going. it, man. Hey, really appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Of course. Go go yep. go Giants! I guess we got you off the schedule now, so go Giants yeah. for the rest of the year. Uh, be, be an upset. <laughs> we, we we might need All some right. wins from you guys. Let's let's hope that Daniel Jones is marginally worse than Josh Allen. Best case scenario. Yes, let's 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 hope so. All right, buddy. Take care <laughs> down right. there. Take care. All right. Bye. You too. Well, he's the hardest-working Chicago landlord living in Milwaukee. He's Buffalo Bill Nichols, Mr. Fix-It. Just fix it! Woo! Bill, the handyman, the uh, the guy who goes around and fixes the sinks, uh, readjusts all the plugs, and does whatever he's got to do. Not a lot to fix on this 2-0 Bills team, but what you got for us this week? Hey, how many times have you guys gotten electrocuted? Zero, and I'd like to keep it that way. Uh, one time. I, it hurts. Yeah, I, like, touched a plug. It was in uh, Dublin. I did something wrong. It freaking hurt. How do you know when you do? I think I got, like, I think I got a spark, but I don't think it was electrocution. I think you'll know. You'd know. Like your teeth. You would know? Yes, you would know. What do you got for us? What are you fixing about uh, these Buffalo Bills? Uh, well, you know, because I, I, you know, part of the thing that stuff is, like, I hate being, being a negative Nancy. Um, but part of fixing it is really identifying something that, that does need to change. Um, you know, the, I, I think we had a few too many offensive uh, line penalties. Yep. Um, that that uh, against better teams are not going to. Luckily, got we got enough penalties to offset that um, from the other team. But you know, you get some better teams out there. A lot of the things that we were doing, including the penalties are not going to uh, give us a victory. So Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it, was it was tough seeing, uh, you know, Eli Eli was able to identify the blitz a lot, um, and whenever he did, he was able to hit little slants or find guys open. So I'm just a little bit worried about some of the more seasoned quarterbacks who can't identify defenses uh, against this team. But luckily there's not too many of those, and he, it's not like he shredded us. But, um, our, again, our offense still has to – keep going and keep putting up more points because that's going to be the name of the game this season. Well, to that point, there's there are few quarterbacks as seasoned as Eli Manning. And actually, um, what's-his-face yep. did the same shit last week. I, I, I keep wanting to call him Dalton. but Darnold. Darnold, Darnold did the same D- thing Dalton's last week. Dalton's next week. I mean, like, I think that the, the game plan seems to be we're not going to give you a ton of time to pass it. We'll let you pass the ball four yards down the field all day long, and we're just going to clean up and make the tackle and get off the field. And we've been successful yeah. doing that two weeks in a row. Thank God. Um, you know, it's successful until it isn't. But I would say that it's not a measure of the quarterback at this point. It's a measure of, of the playmakers against the or for our opponents that they haven't been able to make things out of those short dump-offs. Yep. What else you got for us? Well, hey, good game overall. I was like to see it. Um, I don't know. Uh, hey, is Ty Insecki all right? I know he was back in the game. Do we know whether or not he's uh, he's okay? And do we have any update on Singletary um, injury or no? I haven't seen much. Jeff asked the same question. I'm sure by the time most of our listeners are hearing this, we'll know. 
Um, yeah. But was that a leading question to get into a little bit of what we saw from Cody Ford? Because we've talked about it quite a bit on the show. I wonder if you have a take on it, too. Uh, Cody Ford's penalty? Or just his play in general? Oh, I think he's fine. All right. What were you drinking yeah. up there in Milwaukee uh, I mean, today? I got no problem with it. Um, I am drinking a, uh, it's an untitled Juicy IPA. All right. Make IPAs clear Delicious. again. Uh, That's right, exactly. Well, well, I think we, that might be a good good idea. To your point, you're uh, in man coverage right now with the little ones, so we'll let you get back to that. Yep. Big game next week. Are your folks going to be there at New Era? Yes, folks are going to be there. The Bengals do not uh, – I would not count them out. They're going to be a tough team. Uh, A.J. Green is, is healthy, right? I don't think so, but – Dalton, like okay. Eli Manning, has had the Bills' numbers as of lately, but that all ended today. Yeah. So maybe that'll end well, my, next week. My cousin's in Cincinnati, and I didn't see – I don't have an update on this game, but they said in the first game um, the one thing that they were doing a lot differently that they haven't done in the past is, you know, the one, two seconds, it's out of Dalton's hand. One, two seconds, out of Dalton's hand. So, hey – if that's what we're going to be able to give the defenses, five yards, tackled by Milano, five yards, tackled by, you know, Lorenzo, whatever. Oh, and by the way, can we talk about how Saran Neal is, uh, stepped up big? Did you guys already call him in a lot of Blue MVP? I haven't spoken about him once, so whatever you got, go for it. Oh, dude, Saran Neal stepped up huge and making a couple big special team tackles. He made a couple big tackles on the edge. Uh, you know, well, he saved that touchdown. Uh, with that one punt return, he he played he played like a man on a mission. Good. Uh, so I, I hope to see that more because we need it. Without as as the year continues to go on, we start to see some injuries in the defensive backfield. Uh, we're going to need to continue to see these guys step up. Kevin Johnson also made a couple of nice plays. So some positive things going on there. Love it. All right, buddy. Well, until next week, tell your parents to cheer loud, and we'll talk to you after the game. Go Bills. Absolutely. Go Bills. Love you guys. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. The wild card! This is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. And for the second week in a row, I'm not drinking beer. But I did order something off the beer menu. Uh, I got the cider, which is just its just okay. I mean, it's, it's pink. Like, it I looks, was just going to say, it's, it's got a nice hue to it. It looks like rosé. <laughs> and it's an apple raspberry Vandermill cider. I mean, it's, like, this is my life now. It's in a, like a tulip glass as well, yeah, so it looks. Ounce glass. It looks like real pretty and dainty, and it's like pink and. But I have something to drink when that's nice. Hey, that is good. Uh, so for me, I will tell you, I went to back-to-back Cub games. I went to Wednesday or Wednesday. I went to Friday and Saturday. Nice. So I have consumed my more than my shareful of uh, of beer this weekend. Um, so I took it easy, but of course I just went with the. Good standby, a nice whip beer, the Lake Effect Snow uh, from Old Irving Brewery. Uh, it's a great, just totally drinkable beer. What can I tell you, though? Starting on Saturday, which I think is the 21st, begins Oktoberfest. That means we're going to have some Dunkles, some Dunkle Weisses. Oktoberfest October, starts on 21st? September 21st. It goes until September 21st through uh, October 4th. And boy, am I looking forward to where, where does this take place? In Munich. Are you going to Munich? No, but I'm going to drink their beer. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. All right, got it. I'm very much so looking forward to it. 
Okay, so you're, you're talking about like legit Oktoberfest, not like yes. the pumpkin spice. Yes. Okay. Which, <laughs> which, which props to Andy for his pumpkin beer, by the way. Yeah. Good, good for him. Exactly. And I had my <laughs> first exactly. I had my I had my first PSL this weekend. It was a little warm for it, but See, I will I first off, side sidebar. The month of October is like your favorite month. It's the best month. It's not my favorite month. It's the best month. Okay? It's not even close. During the month of October, I think I've talked about it in this podcast before, I indulge myself with Halloween party radio listening to novelty Halloween songs. It was your monster mash. I will hear monster mash at least a hundred times. And I will also, like every other Starbucks order, I'll say, "Yay, go ahead and put a put a put a pump of pipe, put a pump of pump, put a pump of pumpkin in there, would you please?" So I'll get I'll get like the just like a yeah, give me a black spike, give me a pump of pumpkin. <laughs> I've never said it that way before. <laughs> I want to. You need to let me know how that goes when you do that next time. So today the Bills successfully won the Battle of New York. Uh, they have they have swept the other teams from New York in their home stadiums, which of course, as everybody has been saying, and as has been the joke now for all of time, the Bills are the only team from New York. So what's the point? And that's the point of today's wild card. So the Bills have effectively claimed the title, which nobody else had claimed to. So we are kings of New York. That's great, but no other team plays in New York, so it was ours to begin with. But I guess, great, we've gone through the two-week-long rigmarole to say it for sure. The wild card today is, when have you ever had to go and do three or four laps around a stupid nothing when you were, it was yours to begin with? It was It was never, the conversation, the the argument, the fight, the, the contest was never worth even having because it was yours to begin with, and... You, you got you ended right where you started from. So, besides almost every day in corporate America, where you have to go <laughs> through a rigmarole to do something that you're just like, "Yep, we're gonna just right." Do like it. I said three weeks ago, yeah. Right? Like at the meeting we had, and we've had three meetings about that meeting since. Right, we've gone back to what I originally said. Very good. Yeah, it's like my my big project I have going on right now, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, blah, blah blah," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's gonna happen. I'm not worried. It's just gonna happen." Um, no, I, I actually think a great example of this is um, like three years ago, four years ago, I played in a golf tournament. Whoa. And uh, I'm not very good at golf, but I, I look the part. I have golf shoes. I have my own clubs. I, I have, talked about this before. I have like yes. multiple outfits, right? But I'm not very good. So we go out, we play, um, and you go to the whole like award ceremony afterwards and they give things. Yeah. They, you know, everything's free. You know, oh, these people won this. And all of a sudden... My team gets announced. And we were like, what? Like, we won something? What? This is awesome. And it was basically, you, you're the biggest loser. Ah, so you got a trophy for literally being the biggest loser. Hmm. And I was like, great. Didn't need that. Didn't need that. Like, was, <laughs> was out there playing today. Knew we weren't very Thanks good. for the recognition. Uh, thank you for calling out to now the 100 plus people that participate in this tournament that these people really suck. Um, that was not appreciated, but it was like, I wasn't playing for this, but I won it. It was a nice little trophy. I feel like, as I am as I was saying this as we were talking about it, I'm, I'm sorry he's not here today because I feel like this happens to me two or three times every week whenever I'm in the presence of Sujit. <laughs> you mean setting up the rig? Where I'm like, <laughs> no, it's that. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I'm positive. He's like, no, no, are you? And then he'll like look it up on his phone and be like, oh, yeah, you were right. I'm like, I, yeah, I know I was right. Like, I didn't, I didn't need to be fact-checked. I didn't even need this argument to happen. 
I mean, I feel like he does this all the time with like player names. Are you sure that's who it was? And he'll name like, you know, we'll, we'll try to figure out like, who was the guy who caught the touchdown in that game. He'll be like, are you sure it wasn't? Are you sure it wasn't? Um, he'll say like, you know, are you sure it wasn't? I can't. Even, I, I, not, I know. Not, I know. They're like so bad. You yeah. can't even think about. They'll be like, are you sure it wasn't? Uh, Sammy Hoskins. Yeah. You, no. No. He'll say no. He'll what he'll do is he'll say something like completely off the wall. He'll say something like, are you sure it wasn't Jeff Handgartner? I'll be like. <laughs> Yes, Suge, because Jeff Hangartner played right guard, and he did so six years before the game we're talking about. Are you sure? Yes. I did that today I'm with sure. Sanborn. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I've, you've, you've witnessed these exchanges between Suge and I many, many times. And he'll be like, are you sure about that? Are you, are you sure that was Robert Royal? Yes. Are you sure that wasn't Charles Clay? Yes. I'm 100% sure they were 10 years apart. <laughs> For some reason, I think it was Charles Clay. Suge, it wasn't Charles Clay. Trust me, it was Robert Royal. You know, like those, like him and I have these conversations all the time. And it's gotten to the point now where he's now making me second guess myself. <laughs> and I think that more than anything, first off, I resent him because I have to do the extra laps in the first place and, and I'm wasting time and energy and brain matter to even have these conversations. But now I'm wasting brain matter in the opposite direction because now he has me. Wait, maybe it was. Was it Charles? <laughs> was it, was it, no, it wasn't Charles Clay. God damn it. It was Robert Royal in 2006. It was before Charles Clay was even in the NFL. Oh, oh Suge. Yeah, we oh, missed Suge. you today. We missed you today, yeah. If for no other reason because we uh, you know, could have used you in the 40 minutes it took to set up the cockamamie. And by the way, I'm taking one of these Y cords and I'm just removing it. Yes. From because yes. here's what happens when we go to set up the rig. There's always one too many of the cords, and it's like, you know, it's we have to decide which which one of these is not the right cord. It's like I don't even know how to set this thing up, let alone suss out which is not the right thing to do. And my poor husband, who I called five, times. six times, four, yes, at least. And, and he'd be like, I'd be like, hello. Hello. He's like, I can't hear you. I'm can't like, oh, wait, you can't hello? hear me? And at one point, I thought he was joking because he literally responded. When I was like, you can't hear me? He's like, I can't hear you. I'm like, wait, but you can't hear me. Well, I can't hear you. And I'm like, can you really hear me? But I said to you after we finally got things, I said, S- I guess, damn it, Cassie, do you have any nail polish? Because <laughs> I have been saying this for years. Like, can we just mark these things so we know what goes into what hole? You realize it's such an evil genius to make sure that he's still a valued yeah, member right? <laughs> as part of this podcast. Ooh, I can just. Like not let them have the technology, or yeah. I can screw it up. I can make it difficult for them, and then they'll they'll value me. Yeah, or I'm I'm gonna fiddle with these gain knobs <laughs> just enough so the next time they plug it in, it's gonna sound fucking weird. If we record in the same bar at the same table every week, stop touching the dials, Suge. <laughs> well, this is the least of our worries. Uh, it's nice to be two and zero oh and be pissed off about hey, things like two this. Two and zero oh, Buffalo. It feels two good. And oh, Buffalo. It feels really good. So the Bills have not won three in a row during the Sean McDermott era. This is an opportunity to do. So. This is an opportunity to do so next week at home, the home opener against Cincinnati. We've been saying we got to get this one, and we really got to get this. Got to get it. And we'll talk next week. I don't. It will be premature to, to discuss it now, but if we get it next week, we don't need a whole lot to go our way to be not in the hunt, but actually on the left side of the ticker and, come and, November. And here's the thing. We don't need to beat the Patriots. We'll be okay. We'll go through all the things we'll need. If we get next week, if we get next week another AFC win, and we get to 3-0. and It's baby, it, the, dangerous. The times, the times of missing the playoffs on a regular basis may be over. We'll it's leave it at that. Dangerous. Though I will say, I remember the year where we went 4-0, and 
That didn't end so well. This feels different. But until next week, we got a lot between now and then. Let's hope Devin Singletary gets gets better in a flash. Uh, hope the offensive line still continues to gel. Yeah, let's hope that um, let's hope that our cornerbacks kind of get it together because they're not so great either. But until then, Taron Johnson, we miss you. Until then, let's go, Bills. The Bills make me wanna shout.